0: This is episode number sixty-nine of the Church Collective podcast. In this episode, I talk with Elias from the City Harmonic about how their group came together, um, and just really neat heart stuff about how worship leading should really come out of um, really having a heart for your city, having a heart for your community, having a heart for your church. Just really, really fantastic stuff. So, I am going to jump right into it with the Church Collective podcast, episode number sixty-nine.
1: Well, a bit of background. We're from Hamilton, Ontario. So, this is like in terms of your geography, you've got Toronto and you've got Buffalo. Hamilton is right here. So, we're kind of smack in between the two. Um, It's a steel town traditionally that um, once upon a time produced 60% of the steel in Canada. 60% of the whole country's steel came out of one place. Um, And so, naturally, most of our economy for, you know, a very long time uh, was rooted in steel production and all the side businesses and that come along with that. Um, and then in the 80s, that kind of fell apart, and Hamilton quickly went from being kind of a, very, a place of opportunity to uh, maybe being lovingly referred to as the armpit of Canada. So um, we found ourselves in dire straits, and uh, it was pretty rough. I mean, growing up for me, I lived in a neighborhood that, it's a very multicultural city very diverse um, and and, and you've got neighborhoods where you've got immigrants who are there working hard right alongside you know people who have serious addiction problems and and mental health issues uh, all over the place so kind of just like Portland you get keep Hamilton weird t-shirts it's kind Mm -hmm. of you know a little bit of what it is Um, and uh, 15 years ago uh, the downtown of our city was essentially abandoned um, by everyone but the most poor in the church. Uh, the policy, political policies and everything favored outside communities. It was kind of like that all across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, uh, the churches in the downtown core, um, and in many cases small churches that you might not have believed to have had influence um, really started to partner together across denominational lines. Um, churches that, you know, say 100 years ago had been both part of one denomination that had split. So there's a bit of bad blood in there. Um, but they started to work together missionally uh, in Hamilton to and really rallying around a passage in Scripture, Jeremiah 29, where the uh, nation of Judah, I believe at the time, um, is in Babylon and longing to be home. And their false prophets are saying, yes, 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 let's fly away. Let's get away. Let's get back and out of Babylon. And, uh, and instead, God is saying to them, no do good for Babylon, Mm. you know, invest in the good of the city, spend yourselves, plant gardens, marry, like invest for for the good of this city is is good for you. Mm. Um, And so we really said, okay, well, let's stop acting as if the community is there for us. And all of these different churches of different denominations started to work together and spend themselves for the good of the community. And the change has been Substantial and dramatic. Hamilton uh, just this year was listed as the number one real estate investment city in the country. Mm. There was just an article on The Huffington Post about Hamilton being Canada's Brooklyn. Um, and it's and it's it's in a big way because once upon a time, churches invested in neighborhoods that uh, really no one else was interested in. Mm. So we came out of kind of the student arm of that where, college students and high school students, although I was no longer, Aaron and I weren't in college anymore when we started City Harmonic. We were out for quite a number of years, but um, we sort of helped to lead this group of students uh, from different denominations who were gathering together to sing a little Kumbaya and then go out missionally all day in sleeves rolled up, hands dirty, in one of something like 300 social service agencies in Hamilton. Um, And then we'd get back together again that night and have a big kind of worship time together from all these different groups. Mm. Uh, And so uh, when we started City Harmonic in 2009, the four of us were in churches of different denominations and that didn't seem foreign to us. Um, And we were kind of commissioned actually by True City, the organization that sort of oversees this ecumenical movement um, in uh, 2010. So they, they, asked us at this sort of annual conference that they have of all these churches sharing resources and and ideas. And they called us up and uh, 35 different lay leaders and pastors representing something like 24 uh, denominations um, commissioned us as a band to lead worship as we go out and travel and tell the story of how God, of what God is doing to unify the church.
0: Hmm. That's cool. Could you speak maybe a little bit to the songwriting that that came out of that?
1: Yeah, well, um, it's, It poses some interesting problems when you don't go to the same church, because I think, um, you know, especially in evangelical churches, we can sometimes take for granted that, oh, everyone must do this the same way, everyone must think the same things about this, and it's just not true. You know, there are Christians who take different things for granted in worship. For me, I'm helping to plant a Methodist church. I I wasn't always, but I would sort of be comfortable identifying myself as, like, theologically Anglican, you know? I think... Communion in the Eucharist is really central to what worship is. And I love singing songs. I love writing modern music. But, but I also think it's important for us to consider all the other things that come with it. And, and that's just for all of us. We're all at different churches with different things. And so when we write a song, um, it's interesting because we, we have to sort of consider what are we doing with this song? You know, is this a call and response song? Is this a, everyone sing from the moment it starts to the moment it finishes song? Is this a uh, song for a time like communion? Or, mm. um, or, or how are we using this? And, and theologically, we run into that a lot, where um, we have to massage language between the four of us so that the four of us can all say, yes, we all believe this to be true. Mm. And, and and that has posed that sometimes means our songs take longer to write and sometimes they're quicker because it's, you know, yeah, this is obvious. Um, but in terms of songcraft, it really requires us to work hard at uh, making sure that we're all together on message. Sure.
0: Was that really the, the heart behind, like, writing your more popular on manifesto? Was that, yeah like, let, let's pull this all together, yeah?
1: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, yeah. we sort of had the music already there and we felt like it was this rallying cry song and we were coming out of this True city movement and kind of the student arm of that, um, and it was sort of like you know let's give the church and this was actually right around the time that Love Wins came out and there was all that flurry on Twitter, yeah. and, and I'm not really commenting on the book itself so much as <laughs> to say that um, I think there is there are healthier ways to manage things than to than to then pivy goodbyes, mm. uh, and, and that's not really a comment on Piper or rebel or anything just just. The way that we manage our relationships in the church publicly, I think, needs to be considered. Um, And so one of the things we wanted to say was, you know what, if we're all Orthodox, and by that I mean creedal Christians, you know, then let's start there. Let's start with the idea that we can take these creeds and say, yes, we believe these things, that the Lord's Prayer is something that every Christian denomination takes for granted, mm. and so let's, let's start there and, and give the church something to agree on at the top of our lungs. And so that was that's actually why the chorus is Amen. It's sort of both yes and so be it, and, and yeah, we agree. Yeah. And so it's saying these things and then agreeing together. Very cool. Yeah.
0: Could you... Um And maybe speak a little bit, too, like I know a lot of people listening to this. I know personally in my local context, um, I'm working on trying to get more worship leaders to connect locally. Um, Mm -hmm. It seems like it's easy to do it with the Internet and just kind of connect with worship leaders all over the place. But just when it comes down to actually just getting together with the guy down the street, do you have any advice for somebody who's like, I want to do that, and I feel like it's like I can't seem to pull it off?
1: Yeah, well, it is. uh, There are a lot of challenges with that. Um, Any effort towards unity Uh, that is rooted in doctrine is asking for it to essentially be a debate club. Mm. And it's not that that's a bad thing, actually. I mean, our band probably debates theology more than most. Um, (laughs) But it has to be rooted, I think, in mission. One of the things that has been made clear to me as I've uh, learned about other movements of unity across the U.S., places like Buffalo and Phoenix and Austin, Texas, is that um, these are rooted principally in the need to, to reach a community. Our community was abandoned. I, I, I'd be shocked if we don't see a serious movement of unity coming out of Detroit, for example, um, because you've got a, a city where um, the need outweighs almost all other criteria. Mm. And my, I can guarantee that in every community there is probably a, 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 an identifiable need. That the church can meet best and solely, or at least most effectively, because we we breach political, we breach all. You know, there's all kinds of dividing lines that the church is able to, or hopefully, <laughs> yeah. able to step over. Um, and I think that that there's there's a sense there's a sense in which the church can kind of be inseparable from the community. And so, for True City, it was being rooted in mission hmm. with cross culture, the student arm of that that we came out of. It was being rooted in mission worship. A big part of what we were talking about was the intersection of worship and mission. Um, That that I think worship is fueled by mission and disciple, and it is both a discipleship thing and fueled by discipleship. So, it it, I think we sometimes categorize life in that way, and so think that getting together and singing songs it does shape us, um, and it is an incredibly effective means of bringing people together. Hmm. Um, But I think if there's something more, it can be easier. To, uh, to see the value in, to say, you know what, let's get everybody working together to do this thing. yeah, yeah, And then let's worship at that thing. And then you have this sense of context really driving the emotional weight of what's happening uh, on sure. a relational level. I mean, that's, that's kind of really just relationships at the end of the day. And, and, and True City was born like a lot of things out of a ministerial of guys that knew each other and then said, you know what, we're meeting and we're talking and, Sometimes we're complaining about our congregations, sometimes we're you know, um, sharing ideas, but it never really was substantial for a long time. And as I interviewed these guys not too long ago, kind of trying to get more about some of the early days of what that looked like, yeah. they did say at some point it just came down to let's do something. We're in a need, we're in a community. In fact, um, there was a televangelist that a number of churches gathered to say, "Let's look at this thing. And, of course, we're, you know, we have this is happening two blocks from the red zone, which is this conversation, these meetings are happening two blocks from one of the poorest neighborhoods in Canada. Mm. So these pastors went, does this make any sense at all to bring in a guy for one day, which would be a fruitful thing, a beautiful thing, but our community is in such a great need if we're willing to gather around a table and do this? let's change the direction that this table goes. And so that's, that's in a big way, part of what sort of some of the early conversations at true city.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. Can you speak a little bit to now you're, you're in Nashville with a church plant and maybe talk a little bit about how that came about and what's going on there.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean the band and I have, uh, we were in Hamilton altogether. The guys are still in Hamilton involved in their individual churches. Um, and about two and a half years ago, my family and I, uh, moved down to Nashville, um, partly because of the amount of travel we were doing, um, and there were opportunities for me to to write. As a bit of a theology nerd, I thought oh, I the opportunity to maybe help with some Christian music and and, and hopefully bring a, a diff- maybe a different angle on some things to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was that was kind of presented, and and, and so we we took it. And now this year, I'm actually helping with a uh, UMC plant here uh, in the in the kind of Lenox Village, Nolansville area of Nashville, so South Nashville, um, really just trying to think through some of that, um, the, the reality of worship being more than just singing or more than just preaching or, you know, that the, there's a lot that can be done if we take both some of the best of what tradition has to offer us and then also the kind of indigenous contemporary culture whatever it happens to be and say let's do that yeah. <laughs> let's worship that thing sure you know so we're not kind of making our own subculture but 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 being born out of the culture that we know well hmm. uh, and so that's that's a big part of the challenge we've placed in front of us i know robert weber often referred to as a theologian often referred to it as ancient future worship and yeah um, so that's kind of what we're doing um, really a hyper-local deeply missional congregation that, um, starts up weekly services in January. But, um, cool. yeah, that's kind of what we're doing.
0: What, well, I guess then I'm kind of interested on that ancient future. Like we all talk about like merging liturgy with the modern, but like yeah. maybe what, what would a, what would a service look like? Like just off the top of your head, <laughs> create yeah, something I, like that. What, what would it look like?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it is rooted in, um, it's, yeah, it's a, Procession, I guess, would be the way to put it. Okay. Uh, there's there's a couple of challenges that are placed before us when um, when we reduce worship, corporate worship, to uh, the participation in corporate worship to individual expression. Mm-hmm. So there's a sense in which yes, we need to take part in this. For example, body language. We we often say. Um, God doesn't care about our body language, which I probably think is is true, uh, but we do. Our brains care about our body language. If I'm standing, I think and perceive the world differently than if I'm sitting. And that's that's just how we operate. And so um, if I'm singing with a group, dopamine and other chemicals rush into my brain that's produced by my brain in order so that I might trust the people around me more. I mean, there's just physiological realities to what we do. So those things do matter. Preaching, for example, you know, people learn different ways. If the climax of the service is always um, is always this activity, something I'm doing or something our senior pastor is doing, or and again, I speak. By the way, I'm speaking for myself now, not for the whole band. I have to sure. make that
0: clear. Yeah, cool. <laughs> uh, uh,
1: but but you know, if if that's the climax of the service, then we're, we're, there's an inherent uh, uh, hierarchy to how we see faith so part of what we're doing is communion weekly which isn't foreign to a lot of people but for us it it seems important to say that you know we've gathered together let's gather let's so i mean the the basic sequence that's often used in the the conversation around ancient future worship is uh, gathering word table and sending so the procession of a service, the climax of that thing isn't a sermon or a song, it's the Eucharist, it's commun- it's, it's, it's the sense of coming together as the community, communally, and participating in, in, in Christ. And so whether you live at, view that as symbolic or whatever, I, it's not really the point. The thrust is that, that it isn't something we earn or do that is the centerpiece of our faith, that is the free gift of God. And out of that we are sent, hmm. and so that that structure, we, we you know whether it's a liturgy around communion, and I mean, liturgy can mean all kinds of different things, but the word itself means work of the people. So there's this sense of um, needing uh, liturgy for me anyway to be both colloquial and traditional, to be both foreign and familiar, so that we have a sense of the holy changing our common, our, our you know. Um, to, to have heaven invading the secular rather than this dividing thing that we do. Um, and so I, I think any way that we can look at the service and see how are we shaping our people, how are we being shaped by this, and what, is, what, are, what are the inherent messages in all of the things that we do, um, that, that's some of the challenges that that puts before us is in blending both liturgy. And I, I don't even know about blending. I think, I think the, if we're trying to just stick it into what is essentially a concert and a comedy set, yeah. Um, then we're going to run into trouble there. Sure. Um, but if we're saying the whole service looks like this, it's a it's like a, a movie script in a sense. It, it takes us from one place to another, and the Holy Spirit will work through all kinds of awesome ways through that, and and also sometimes interrupt that, and that's okay. But uh, what well, not just okay? That's a beautiful thing. But um, you know, to, to sort of contextualize everything in the sense of are we gathering? Are we centering around the word? Are we then gathering around the table? Is that the climax of what we do, and then sending out? So that, that's kind of the basic way that we look at it.
0: Very cool. Could you speak maybe a little bit? January is probably. I mean, it's it's August now. People are hearing that. Like, what what's the what's it look like with that much of a? I mean, a lot of church plants kind of just show up, start meeting in a home group, and that's their service, yeah, and they yeah. go from there. Like, maybe speak a little bit towards the method for that.
1: Yeah. Well, the um, the church that we're we're planting started to meet loosely together back in January. Um, they're coming out of a church here uh, in the denomination, of course, the UMC being a pretty sizable denomination. Um, so it's sort of a new thing that is a daughter of an existing church. So it's a little different. Um, we're working with organizations like PCI and sort of to make sure that we're on day one. So our first work, uh, our first monthly service sort of a preview service or a way of us kind of getting our feet wet and, um, is, is August 23rd. So we actually haven't had our first, like in the venue service yet. Um, we have met together, had communion. We've, you know, prayed in small groups and more importantly, we've been engaging in local mission quite a lot. And just, just the first day of school was this week. And so our church was there, um, cleaning up, before before, the day before school cleaning up all the yard and everything on a volunteer basis, just sort of trying to do what we can to, to be salt and light. So that was just some examples of, of just ways that we're trying to invest first in the community. And, 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 in, I mean, of course, ulterior motive is too strong. Of course we're planting a church. So we would hope that people would come in and engage and see what we're doing. Sure. Um, But, but that's not really the point.
0: Yeah. Cool. Let's swing it back around. Could you maybe speak, yes. let, let us know a little bit about We Are coming out here soon?
1: Yeah, so um, we wrote the album We Are. I mean, the implication is We Are the City Harmonic. Um, trying to get, I mean, one of the things that we had to face was that our first song, which captured a bit of this story, um, kind of ran away on us. And I, I don't say that arrogantly because we 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 played we spent two and a half years playing catch up to what was happening with that song um and so the albums to follow were sincere and artistic and all that stuff but we never really had an opportunity to stop and go how are we going to tell and and do this thing we've been commissioned to do and so um this album is sort of the beginning of that phase of ministry for us of saying like okay We've put out a few albums. We've written songs that we love, that we think are important. And and, um, and I think for the church can be formative and, and, and hopefully just something that can mean something to somebody. Um, but now it's like, okay, how can we really tell the story and, and inspire people to, to, to have a, a personal experience of longing for unity in the church? Um, so this album, I mean, our band name was really designed to be that, you know, it's, the City Harmonic isn't just the four of us; it's all of us. Mm. Um, and so, even this fall, we're going out on tour and really trying to gather in cities that um, and, and bring pastors and worship leaders together in an event for worship to say, "Hey, this is us. This whole thing is us." And here we are together in worship. And, and what can you now do for your community that a band can never pretend to do? Sure. Um, and, so, and so that this album, really, I, I hope. We I mean, we've actually, um, we haven't made a big announcement about this yet, but we actually are, have just finished, I just got the final version today on a uh, documentary about what God's been doing in True City and Hamilton. Awesome, And how it's shaped us. So that'll be coming out before the record as well. And so there's a lot of, we're just kind of all hands on deck really to say, what can we do to help people know that church unity isn't just a good idea, but it's happening and that it's changing cities. Um, And I think, you know, for this record, we worked hard. We we wrote 136 work tapes. um, And and then over the span of a few months, whittled that down to about 14 or 15. Mm. Um, And 11 of those are the 11 songs on this album. Some were brand new, some were very old. And uh, that was kind of how it all came together.
0: That's really cool. That's it for this week's episode. If you could, head over to iTunes, leave us a rating and a review. It really helps us become more visible over there. And head over to thechurchcollective.com and connect with us. We want to connect with you and connect you with others. God bless.